So before I continue the next part of our story, I would like to first share with you a little story that the Rebbe told about this week's parsha. There was once a little boy, a cheder boy, his name was Yisraelik, who later grew up to be the Heleke Ruzhener, great tzaddik. And this little boy had a minog, a custom, as, small, as young as he was, whenever he learned Chumash, as soon as Rashi would point out a question on the Pasuk, so before the Rebbe talked about the Rashi, before the boy even saw the Rashi, I don't know if the boy was able to learn Rashi yet, he raised his hand, he says, Rebbe, I have a Shaila on this Pasuk. And Rebbe would look into the Rashi and say, yeah, Rashi has that exact question. And Rebbe would tell him what Rashi answers. And so it happened by every single Shaila and Rashi. The boy would always raise his hand and say the question of Rashi without looking into Rashi. Just his mind understood that something's wrong with the Pasuk. We need an explanation. And that's why he asked the question. It happened until Parshas Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze, this week's Parsha, something unusual happened. They were learning the Pasuk that Yaakov Avinu had a dream by Haramidiyah. The Malachim were going up and down. And Rashi asks a question. Usually Malachim live up there and then they come down. So first is Yardim, they come down from Shemayim to do a mission. And then Oilim, they go back up. But the Pasik says just the opposite. It says Malachim went up and then they went down. And Rashi tells us it was two groups of Malachim. One group that took Yaakov Avinu, took care of him in Eretz Yisrael. Now they went up because a new set of Malachim are going to take care of him when he goes to Haran, outside of Eretz Yisrael. So when it came to this Pasuk, Rebbe knew that Yisrael is surely going to ask the question why the Pasuk says, Eilim, Malachim going up, and then Yardim going down. And he had his eye on Yisraelik, and Yisraelik is not asking any question. Yisraelik, did you hear the Pasuk? Yes, I did. Pasuk says, Yeah. And everything is okay? Yeah. You have no questions, no shilas? No. Everything is just fine. But Yisraelik, Malachim, First go down and then go up. The Pasuk should have said, should have said, Yardim Va'ilim. But the Pasuk says, Ailim Va'yadim, just the opposite. Isn't that strange for Malachim to first go up and then come down? Israel gives a big smile. He says, Rebbe, it's a dream. In a dream, strange things usually happen. It's normal. <laughs> The Rebbe told this story by Fabrengen once. Is it true? It's a true story. 
hmm? with the Yisrael, who later grew up to be the Hele Kirushana. Okay, in any case, I would like to continue the story now. We're up to the part in the story where the Bleib Sadis met Binyamin, the leader of the Yiddish community in Kubrin. He met him in the marketplace in Berdichev. And Binyamin told him about the terrible Gezeira, the terrible decree from the new pirates. The old pirates passed away. The old pirates never charged any money for the Yidin, from the Yidin to live on his piece of land. And now the young pirates wants to charge the Yidin for all the years that they lived by his father. And Rebleib Saris went to speak to the pirates, and the pirates did not want to give up the Gezeira, except if he does one condition. One, if he helps the pirates fight against the Russians. The pirates wanted to make a rebellion, a fight against the Russians, chase the Russians out of their piece of land, which used to belong to, belong to Poland. And the pirates wants that there should be a Polish government, not the Russian government. I don't want to be under the Tsar of Russia. So he was already training his soldiers, his troops. And he told Reb Leib Saris that if you get the Yidden to help us fight, then we'll free you. You won't have to pay. And Reb Leib Saris said, we're not going to do that because according to the Jewish religion, a Jew is supposed to pray for the peace of their own government. Right now we're under the Russian Tsar, the government. We have to be peaceful with them. We cannot fight. When the pirates heard that, he chased Reb Leib out, and the Gezeira is still on. Reb Leib walked out saying that Hashem will protect the Yidin. He later met Reb Yamin, like they made up, and said to Benjamin, I'm very sorry, I didn't get anywhere with the pirates. He's totally out of my realm, out of my control. But I'm going to send you to someone who can help. But you must keep this matter a totally secret. No one should know about it. There is a Yid, Reb Yaakov. He's a poor Broom maker, that's his job, he makes brooms. And he lives deep, deep in the forest. And you're going to go to the forest Friday, you're going to start Friday morning, get there in time for Shabbos, take along with you chalas, wine, and food for three meals. You're going to be spending your Shabbos there. Now in the... In this forest, you're going to find the hut where Rabbi Yaakov and his wife lives. When you get there, you'll tell him that you were sent to him by Leib Saris. That's all you have to do. Binyamin prepared himself. On Friday morning, he started his trip. And it took many hours of walking through the forest until he came to the hut when the sun 
was just about settling behind the trees. When he came to the hut, he didn't see Rav Yaakov. The door was halfway open, and he sees in there an old woman. He was able to notice a small table, two old beds, and two little stools, chairs. And she was busy leaning over by the fire, fireplace, trying to blow some sparks into the wood that was in the fireplace. When she saw him, she got upset. And she says, I'm so sorry, I have nothing for you. To which he answered, Baruch Hashem, I brought my own food. And I'm going to sleep outside. The only thing I could use is a place to eat my su'uda. Just then, Rabbi Yaakov arrived. Threw down his bundle of twigs and sticks and rushed quickly to the well to wash up. Binyamin followed him, washed his hands and face, getting ready for Shabbos. <coughs> Binyamin went and stood under one of the trees, closed his eyes, and started Kabbalah's Shabbos. He went through the whole davening very slow. He felt very peaceful. It was like a special feeling he had of quietness, of holiness. When he finished davening, he opened his eyes, and the whole forest was lit up by the light of the moon. He walked into the hut, and he sees that Yaakov and his wife are finishing benching. Yaakov was reading out of an old siddur, word for word, and she's repeating after him. He was reading so slow, like a little boy who just finished learning how to read. When she saw him, the old lady got up and gave Binyamin a seat. He sat down, ate the sauda quickly, because he didn't want to keep them up. After which he benched, he went out, and he saw a bench there. He lied down and fell quickly asleep. He was very tired. In the middle of the night, he opens his eyes. He wakes up, and he hears the most beautiful nigunims, mirais of Shabbos, coming from the hut. It sounded like an echo coming from Shemayim of every part of this miris. It was like so pleasant. When he tried to look towards the hut, the hut had such a big light, much more than the moonlight. It was so strong that his eyes could not look at it. He closed his eyes and fell asleep again. Early the next morning, he got up to Davin. He was convinced by what he saw that this Rabbi Yaakov is surely one of the 36 hidden tzaddikim, tzaddikim nistarim, that Hashem puts in every single generation in whose merit the world exists. He could just not wait until after Shabbos so he can say a word to Rabbi Yaakov, 
for when Rabbi Yaakov saw him before Shabbos, Rabbi Yaakov didn't even give him a chance to say anything. It looked like Rabbi Yaakov wasn't even surprised that he came, as if Rabbi Yaakov was expecting him, maybe. When it came Avdallah, Rabbi Yaakov made Avdallah, and as soon as he finished Avdallah, Rabbi Yaakov calls out, Gutvach, the gates of mercy are always open. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shoyme Yisrael, the guardian of the Yidden, already accepted the Tfilis of the Yiddish community in Kubrin, and the Gezeira of the pirates is bottled. It's over, it's gone, it's canceled. You can go home peacefully, everything will be okay. He didn't even say a word to him. But this Yaakov was obviously a big tzaddik, already knew everything. Next morning, Sunday morning, early, he made his trip home. When he came back to Kubrin with the good news, before he had a chance to say anything, people were coming from all sides. Binyamin, where were you, Rabbi Binyamin? You missed the whole miracle. He says, what was the miracle? What happened? He says, Shabbos morning, we weren't sure, and suddenly we see a big group of soldiers, Russian Cossacks, those are the strongest soldiers, and they stormed into the castle of the pirates, and they took him away in chains because they said he was a rebel, someone going against the government who planned that the pirates was against the government of Russia, and therefore they're sending him to Petersburg to stand trial. So now the Gezeira, of course, is over. No one owes the pirates anything. It wasn't until a few months later that Rabbi Yomim found out the inside story of this miracle. And that was when he was called to the governor of the entire area. The governor says to him, I want you to know that it has been a while that we kept our eye on that pirates. We were suspecting that he's up to some mischief, some trouble. And then the government's men, the Russian government, they found a letter that he wrote to one of his friends. In the letter it said that he tried to convince the Jews by reward or by threats to join in their fight against the Russians and the Jews refused because of their religion. And the pirates finishes the letter that once we have our victory, we're going to punish the Jews. We're going to make them pay a good price for not joining us. This was enough, says the governor, for us to storm the castle and take him away. He already stood trial. And we already confiscated, took away all of his belongings, went to the Russian government, and he was sent out to exile. That's it. He's done. And the Tsar of Russia was so impressed with the Jews that he wants to show his appreciation. Appreciation 
that the Jews were loyal and didn't plan and join in the fight. Not only that, the Tsar wants us to give, wants to give the Jews of Kobrin a gift. And what is it? The piece of land on which the city of Kobrin was built will now belong to the Jews, rent-free, tax-free. And then the governor gives him the official documents where it says appreciation of the Tsar and that the Jews became the owner of that piece of land. Rabbi Yaman came back to town to tell everyone the good news and was able to tell them how Ashkach Abratis worked out over here that they were saved. But there was one thing he could not tell them. What was the role that Rabbi Leib Saras and Rabbi Yaakov played in this miracle? But they realized the great, great miracle that Hashem saved them. Because they wanted me to tell the story, so... It isn't talks intense.